What's up, guys? You're listening to the Life in Motion audio experience, featuring interviews around travel, action sports, culture, and more. Hey, guys, and welcome to episode 16 of the Life in Motion audio experience. To kick things off this year, I gave my good friend Riley Sanders a call to talk about growing up riding BMX bikes in Oklahoma, working at Camp Woodward, and how he's been able to take month-long trips across the country. Check it out. Hey guys, I've got my friend Riley Sanders here on the phone. Um, we've known each other for a while. He's definitely been around with some different road trips and whatnot, but um, we actually met each other at Camp Woodward uh, years ago. Um, he, I, I think he has some kind of old school BMX moves, but we'll kind of get into that later. Um, and he also definitely enjoys a good road trip. Um, Riley, when was it that we met again? Do you remember what year that was? Uh, my first year at camp was 2011, but I was only there for a month, roughly. And then in 2012, I was there the whole summer. I think that's whenever, uh, we lived in the same room together. Ah, so, okay. So uh, I was thinking it was yeah, 2010. It's so, it really feels like it's forever ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I've worked there. This is my eighth, this past summer was my eighth year there. So, uh, feels like yesterday I was just walking through there. <laughs> you know. Eyes wide. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't believe I was there. <laughs> so, so t- uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, kind of for the audience or whatnot. You know, uh, where you're from, what kind of hobbies you're into um, or were into growing up, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, well, like I grew up in Oklahoma. Piedmont is the name of the town, a little bitty town. It's outside of Oklahoma City, so that's my, I guess, I what I tell everybody. My home base is in Oklahoma City, like. 30, 40 minutes outside of it. So out in the, okay. out in the country a little bit. So it's kind of nice. We have land. And so I, my dad grew up, uh, riding motocross when he was a kid and kind of local professionally hit some races around the different States when he was younger. And then I kind of jumped into motocross, obviously when I was a kid and, um, started racing peewees in sixties. And then once, uh, and obviously rode bikes on the side and everything. Cause, uh, I wouldn't be riding dirt bikes unsupervised, but obviously bicycles was no big deal. So we had jumps in the yard. I have younger brother, older brother. So we were all, you know, involved in that. And then yeah, after fifties or peewees and sixties, I kind of faded out. I just, I just didn't like it as much. So I kind of got more to the BMX racing side and stuck with that for some years. And then obviously still riding dirt jumps and parks when I could, when I was a kid. And then, once I was 16, just strictly was into the more BMX freestyle type stuff. And then from there, I've done it since I was a kid, essentially. So I'm still, still going now and feel like I'm just as healthy as I was when I was 16. So hopefully I can keep that going as long as I can. Nice. So, um, so the whole transition between, um, uh, the motorbike and whatnot into BMX, what, what kind of made you lose interest in that? I think it was more or less, I, I was kind of scared. Because, uh, like, the weight know, and, like, everything. Yeah, and, and I was, when I was a kid, I had a few bad wrecks on a dirt bike, and I think that kind of veered me off a little bit from it. And I just always loved riding my bicycle because I, I didn't have to go to the track. Or, I mean, we had land, so we got to ride dirt bikes and out, anything on it. But, uh, like I said, the supervision, you know, like, bicycle, I could have rode any time when I was at home. My dad wasn't here. You know, I could only ride my dirt bike when my dad was here. Yeah. So uh, I think, I don't know, I, mo- I moved away from that just just because I think I got hurt and wasn't able to ride as much. I just, I don't know, I'm also a middle child. Maybe that had something to do with it. 
<laughs> so was it, so. I guess it was probably a, a pretty easy as far as control once you kind of started getting into to racing and then, then, you know, jumping bikes, you know, from having, I'm sure some, some sort of control on the, on the motorbike and dirt bike. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all kind of relates to a lot of the professional motocross riders now, you know, they, they have a BMX background or still ride BMX or, you know, it's kind of, it kind of all relates, I feel like, and I still keep up with the motocross. Uh, you know, the first, first race of the season was last night. Oh, nice. How was that? I was good. I mean, it was, it was in Anaheim, but it's first start of the supercross season. So me and my dad usually end up watching that. So he's, he's almost 60 and he still rides. That's not, awesome. competitive, not competitively, but he does enduro races and small, small stuff around. So I guess they kind of have that background in the family. And then my grandpa we used to race cars stock cars when he was you know back in the 50s and 60s so it's kind of a nice to have that uh, that background shared you know because i know i know some people you know what are you doing doing that why are you riding bikes still and but if you grew up around it everybody's you know it's normal 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 thing to keep doing even if you're not maybe in a competitive nature but just like just a hobby i guess like anybody else would have that's awesome i don't i don't think i even knew that um as far as like your dad and grandfather and stuff that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean like i said no, no big names of any kind but, you know they just but still so yeah yeah they out there just enjoying the competitive nature and racing is and riding as much as i do so i guess that's I kind of where i get it from i would say that's awesome so what was it like growing up um you know, outside of Oklahoma city or whatnot, riding and like finally getting into BMX bikes, you know, you said you had that kind of transition between, um, uh, the, the dirt bikes to that. And then, you know, just, just start, just start with trails like most other people. And then you kind of start venturing from there. Like, what was that like growing up in that scene? Oh, it, I mean, we had, like I said, it was great to have two brothers that were, we're all, we're, you know, we're two years apart. I'd be two year older, two year younger. So they, uh, you know, same age. So we all kind of rode together and then, you know, we built jumps at the house and, and then once I kind of got into CMX magazines, it's a little more when I, when I saw them at the store, then I would be like, Oh man, this is cool. Like started learning more about it, you know, instead of their dirt bikes. And there was a racetrack in Oklahoma city. And my dad took me in there once and I was like, man, I want to race. And then he's okay. You know, we'll get you into that a little bit and slowly kind of got into that. And once I was able to drive and go to the skate park, drive myself to the skate park to ride. I kind of veered away from the racing a little more and I uh, just stuck with the skate park and tricks. And then once, you know, I was 18, I kind of started going, going out a little bit more, you know, not just riding around Oklahoma, you know, went to Texas a little bit more and more to check out parks. And that kind of sparked from there, just kept going farther, farther and staying away from home <laughs> more and more. So that's that's awesome how how far away was the um the skate park you had like growing up your your closest park uh the local local park which uh i ride still ride there it's a concrete park it's probably 30 minutes away okay that's not bad so no it's not too bad it's it's all back roads to get there so it's that's kind of what takes me takes me a little bit there's not really a direct highway to get over there so kind of take the scenic route to get over there so it's kind of nice nice and then they also have you know the Matt Hoffman skate park, which is another big one. It's like 35 minutes away from me. It's downtown. So skate parks are popping up everywhere. It's kind of nice. I wish they would have, I wish they would have popped up 15 years ago when I was, (laughs) you know, 
yeah, able, to, able to drive. Be a little more accepting now as far as the, the skate and bike culture. Slowly it's catching on, I feel like. but Yeah, yeah, especially through these Midwest states. Not as much recreation as in, you know, California, Colorado, and, and whatnot. We need some free ones in Springfield, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> yeah. That are listening, but. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about you know, that, skateboard, that skate park that's inside and outside, right? What was that? You're talking about the skate park that's inside and outside, right? Yeah, that's not free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but see, so, so you mentioned the the Matt Hoffman Park. So obviously, uh, he's from that area, and obviously one of the the biggest names, probably right. The same with Dave Muir and whatnot. As far oh yeah, as yeah, Pine, pioneer of BMX for sure. He's, he's yeah, just getting pulled behind uh, motorcycles and blasting twenty foot quarters or whatever it was. That's I still don't understand any of that. Watching those old videos, um, what have you had any? Like, have you met him or like any cool stories about him? Like, just running uh, to the skate park or anything? I don't know. Yeah, he he comes around a little bit. I haven't, I haven't seen him in a minute, but uh, I mean. Every year they they usually have a Halloween jam. I haven't been able to to make it the last couple of years, but he usually shows up for that, and he'll he'll pop up every now and then at the park. But I, I mean, I haven't like I said, I haven't seen him in a while. He he kind of has a backyard ramp, so he kind of he sticks to what you know his backyard. He can just walk right out. So he's he's got a big half pipe over there. Nice. Uh, I, I went over there once with some guys, so I got to ride. So, and I would say probably fifteen years ago. He had a huge warehouse, and that's where his, you know, training. He had his half pipe in there, foam pit, and everything. And then they were transitioning to a different building, and they needed to get rid of all the ramps. And I knew a few buddies at the time that worked for him, you know. And they hit me up, and they knew I had land, and they're like, "Hey, we got all these ramps. We need to get rid of them. Uh, are you interested?" And I was like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, I'm in high school, you know, 16 <laughs> years old, and I'm like." Of course, my, I told my parents, they're like, what are you talking about ramps? You know, like how many? And when I started bringing them out by the trailer load, I had friends help me, you know. It was just like I had a massive skate park in my backyard. And just, you know, I was working working through high school at a pizza place and I skipped. I mean, I worked every weekend, every night I could because I was like, I can't let these ramps just sit in the yard. I got to have something to put them on. So I, you know, I even missed prom. My junior prom I missed just so I could save money. And I ended up pouring concrete slab and uh, 40 by 60. And I put all the ramps on that. So it was, it was a legit skate park. I had ramps off of the, off of the pad and they were all over the yard. So, and then I had that for a good, a good 10 years and had jams yeah. out here, had band come play contests, you know, just mostly local guys came through Texas, Arkansas, you know, uh, Missouri, a lot of Springfield guys that I still know uh, now that came down here and rode when they used to have a uh, contest or I used to have some get together jams and stuff. So what, what happened to them? Uh, they just, I, like I said, I started going to Woodward and I had them for a few more years and I was just gone. I was gone six months a year out, out on the road and camp and everything. So I just kind of, uh, just nobody rode them. I live so far out of the city. It's kind of hard to get guys to come out all the time or that kind of wanted to, you know, so, it just kind of transitioned into, well, me and my parents agreed before all this went down, you know, with me pouring concrete and all that, that like, hey, they want to put a building there. My dad does paint and body. Okay. So uh, now there's a huge shop there, a big, big steel building. My dad's got a paint booth in there and he does his thing. So 
It's uh, well worked out. And then yeah, yeah. So it's kind of for a while. It, it was sad to see him go. Some guys came and got some ramps, and and I uh, gave a lot of stuff away as much as I could. I was just trying to get rid of it and uh, transition into a to a still building dream, a dream <laughs> shop for my dad. So he's stoked on that. And uh, I actually kept one little one little or two ramps, and I have a little four and a half foot mini mini ramp in the backyard. So I kind of. I goof around on that all the time, so it's good enough for me to at least ride when I'm home. Yeah, and that's not that's not too bad to have in your backyard still. Nice little mini. No, yeah, that's perfect for what I what I like to do. So, and then I'll like I said, I try to go to the skate park when I can. Nice and drive over there and whatnot. So, um, so with with camp or whatnot, how you know? Obviously, I'm sure you heard about Woodward. You know, growing up through through the years or whatnot. Um, how how'd you? how did you like finally get involved or how were you able to get involved with that and kind of go out there um, really across the country? Um, it's not a short drive for you. So how did that all happen? Uh, well, I, I tried to apply years ago and it just didn't work out. I don't think I had the right references, you know, and, and contacts, which I feel like helps a lot. Uh, you know, working at Woodward, I'm sure, you know, and anybody else knows, you know, in, in any situation and it helps to know some people and uh, Will Thompson, one of my one of my good friends, close friends that lives there in Springfield, where you live. So uh, he yeah. was, he would be the one I would say that definitely got me, uh, you know, in the right path to come work there and meet the right people. And you know, I just was so stoked to be there that I was like, I don't, I'll do anything. I'll, you know, just to work there and get to ride the facilities. You know, since I was a kid, it's been a dream to go there. And obviously, I couldn't afford it when I was younger. It's like, you know. Yeah, a little expensive. It, a little expensive, but I mean, not also that, just the 22-hour drive. My mom's not going to send me on a plane by myself. You know, she wasn't she wasn't real uh, too keen all that. So I, uh, you know, did college and got out of there debt-free with some scholarships. And I was like, man, I applied at Woodward. It just all kind of fell in. And I met uh, Will at a jam up there in Springfield a couple times. And we kind of chatted a little bit and said he worked at camp. And he was able, you know put a ref, put a reference in or put a word in for me. And just like that, I was working there in 2011 for a month. And then the next year, 2012, uh, worked a full summer. And since then I've worked full summers all the way up till last year. So that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, like we were saying earlier, I, I can't believe that with 2011, so it was eight years ago. Um, uh-huh. that's, that's just nuts. What, what keeps you going back year after year? And obviously, you know, you've kind of, like you said, you started off with a month and then kind of got to a whole year. And then I know you've done some, uh, uh, I can't think the, you know, when they get ready for the spring. Um, oh yeah. Like uh, pre-camp stuff. Yeah. Pre-camp bit. stuff. Yeah. What, what has kept you kind of going back there throughout the years and kind of getting more involved as you could. And then, you know, reeling back as you needed, but it's a, uh, man, it's, it's an addicting place, you know, and, it, and the, the ramps and the facilities are, you know, top notch of course, but, uh, I mean, I, nowadays I wouldn't say I go back for those, you know, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, quote, quote training. Just, I just like to ride and you're not trying to join. send double backs. No, I'm not trying to send double <laughs> backs and more, more or less the tech tricks, but, uh, I just, uh, I more or less go back for the people. I enjoy the people. It's like a family, you know, when you're there and, and you, and you're so secluded, you know, where, where it's at there in Pennsylvania, you know, it's all Amish around there and you just you know TVs and just even the Wi-Fi is kind of slow and, yeah. You know, so it's kind of good. You just like, I'm never on my phone hardly. Or I, you know, I stay off social media and all that. I'm just there with interacting with everybody. It's, 
it's just awesome. And it's the people that keep you going back for me, you know, being able to ride with people every day that are, that are there just as much as I am to want to just ride every day, you know, not necessarily trying to go pro or, or, you know, trying to get in the X games or anything, which some guys are there to, to get to that top level. I'm just there to stay healthy and ride and just <laughs> enjoy the atmosphere, the atmosphere of people. It's like a family, you know? Yeah, no, so. I feel like the the family aspect or description is is pretty accurate, and then it it's wild because it it changes every year with with new people from new places, new countries, and then oh, you yeah. get a lot of the same old people, which is cool too because you just you just keep continuing just different relationships and meeting new people. Yeah, absolutely, and in the context, I mean, there's no place in the world, in my opinion, for for BMX wise or even skate that you can meet that many people from different backgrounds all over the world country. And then, I mean, that's how I met you was camp, you know, and, uh, so many of my friends that all over the country that, you know, hit them. Hey man, I'm coming through town. You might, yeah, dude, come crash on my couch or my floor or whatever, you know? And yeah, just, you just meet so many people and it's, I mean, you can't even put a price tag on that in my opinion of, of the context you can meet there. You know, there's just no way to, to justify that, you know, I mean, I know the sometimes the pay is not what everybody wants, but that's not really why you're there. You know, yeah, exactly. It's there should be no reason to go there for money. It should, you know, it's great to get a little bit of money to help, you know, pay for your bills and whatnot. <clears throat> but when you look at the other end of the spectrum, you know, it's just you, you can't put a like I said, you can't put a price tag on that on the people you meet and friendships and that you develop there. I mean, if you travel all the places you stay, you save money, you're, you know, you meet more people through there. It's just a small world of community. Somebody knows somebody that worked there at camp, you know, and it's, oh, it's an amazing place. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, kind of everybody keeps their door open, which is especially um, helpful when you're traveling and you kind of yourself is, are kind of, uh, at least these past couple of summers, I know for sure, have been kind of notorious for some long trips, uh, road trips after camp. Um, I know, Last year you went um, with Al kind of through Canada, um, and then this year you know you took another trip with Alex. What uh what kind of what kind of leads up to that as far as like motivates you to just keep going after being you know away from home all summer? Then you're like, well, I'm just gonna take the fall off and and just kind of explore. Like what? Where does that come from? Is that just like random uh, ideas with buddies and you just kind of go for it or what? Yeah, I would say random ideas. You know, and when I whenever I was going through college and working, like just starting to ride more. And I was, you know, taking weekend trips places. And then in the summer, uh, it was 2006. Uh, that was my first trip. I went with my uncle and my cousins, they raced BMX too, but I was kind of out of the racing part, but they're going to Colorado for a national. So I was like, well, they're like, Hey, come on with us. I'm like, sweet. You know, I'm just going to hit all these skate parks while I'm there. So I started riding all the parks when I was there, I was just there for a week. And I was like, man, that was awesome. That's the coolest trip I've been on you know, first time seeing the Rocky mountains and I just like, I just was hooked. And the next year I went again. And then it was like, when the next year, I mean, I think I was 19 or so. And a couple buddies of mine, we just hopped in my mom's suburban and we went to Colorado for a week on our own. And we were just camping out. We slept in the car a lot. We just, <laughs> and we didn't even know, we didn't really didn't even camp out. We just, we didn't know where to go. You know, it was our first road trip. And like, what do we do? We're trying to save money eat I mean, we had an ice chest in the car and it's just like every year since then the trips have gotten longer and <laughs> and i've just learned so much more you know and then you meet contacts of people and then you're not really sleeping in your car as much anymore you're you know you're sleeping on some floors or you you know you got all your camping gear so you're ready to to camp and 
and be ready, you know, be ready for whatever happens, I guess, you know, rain or the temperatures get cold. So, but, uh, yeah, each year it's gotten, gotten longer and longer. I think when I graduated college, that's when they started, uh, getting longer. Cause I didn't have to come back for a uh, fall semester. I was, I was done. So you gotta take advantage of it. <laughs> I did. So I, I worked, I was a construction worker all through. I still, still what I primarily do when I'm home, but, uh, just saving up as much as I can and, and just able to get on the road. And when you're not staying at hotels and, and things like that, you're, you're saving a lot of money. It's just gas. So gas and a little bit of food, we make our own food and it's no steaks or, you know, potatoes every night, but we'll take the grilled cheese. Hey, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Especially when, like you said, when you're able to save up that money, you don't really have to worry about that. And then yeah, yeah. you get from point A to point B and just kind of, uh, kind of, kind of like the minimalist lifestyle, you know, like. Absolutely. And we're not so much, uh, food connoisseurs, you know, I mean, like <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of people are, and, but we, we kind of, we're just, I don't know, trying to stay, trying to stay out in the woods as much as we can riding or wherever and save, saving money basically just to get to the next place. So yeah, it's, all you need is cereal bowls or cereal, cereal bars, cereal bar, cereal bars, fruit, avocados. We were, we, 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 each year I get a little bit healthier with my food selection. You know, it used to be McDonald's every day or, you know, dollar menu. And now it's like, man, I can still spend the same amount, but have my own food and yeah, and feel, and feel better when I eat it. You know, obviously getting older, those things affect you. So <laughs> try, try, catching up. <laughs> yeah, trying try to eat, trying to keep those healthy meals as much as I can help keep me going. So. So we don't, get too, we don't get too crazy organic. We, you know, we're pretty basic though, but just the fruits and sandwiches, pretty basic. I, that, that's where that's all you need. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the most recent trip um, that you and Alex took, um, when did you guys start planning that? I know, I don't think Alex was out there at camp this summer for a little while. Did you guys plan that kind of before he came out there and kind of what, what um, was the game plan, I guess, for that? Well, there was not really a game plan, Al. <laughs> who went on the trip with me last year, me and him are like, Hey, let's do another trip of some sort. Okay. You know, we just, that was all, that was all it said. We just knew we were going to do it at this point. We know like, Hey, you in? Okay, sweet. We'll, we'll talk more when I see you, you know, <laughs> whenever we yeah. start the trip, we're just kind of, we'll throw some ideas at each other. But, uh, last year, Alex was supposed to go. And then a week before he ended up breaking his, uh, fib. I'm pretty oh. sure. And had to, and had to have immediate surgery. So, he couldn't go on the trip. He was, you know, we planned this three month trip and just like that week before we're leaving, he's out. And then, so it was just me and Al did that, you know, big road trip last year. I think I wrote that. I wrote the, the blog for last year. Yeah. But, uh, and then this year, Alex was like, ah, uh, he was kind of on the, on the fence about it. I kept mentioning it to him. He's like, I don't know. And then once he ended up coming to camp, uh, earlier than he, you know, planned on to, to work, and I kept talking him into it and he was like, eventually he was hundred percent in. And so he worked at Woodward West and he came back to East. And then from there, we're like, all right, let's do it. So it was me, Alex and Al and started from camp to Montreal and Ottawa and for a little bit, which I've been up there before. Great scenery up there. Good, good riding, uh, good friends, you know, just hanging out riding and then cruised down to Vermont, stayed there. Uh, some friends, Jamie, Jamie Cooper Ellis. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Awesome dude. Cool area. He's got some awesome trails, showed us around the parks. And then from there, Al went home and he flew to Europe. He was in Europe for a month with his, 
parents for a wedding and family vacation type thing. So me and Al, Alex were on our own or on our way to Rochester. And then we were in uh, Pennsylvania or back to camp for a little bit. And then St. Louis where he's from for a week and Oklahoma city for a week where I'm from. And we were in Colorado for two weeks camping and riding and up to Wyoming and glacier. And then Al has a good friend in Kelowna, British Columbia. Okay. So he, when he came back, he flew there and that's where we met him. This was probably middle of October. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't, I guess I missed that you guys met up again with Al. It, yeah. Yeah. We ended up picking him back up. And so we were up there for a week and a half. And, uh, and there, if you if no anybody's ever been to Kelowna, it's a beautiful area up there, British Columbia. It's just, it's not, not what you picture Canada. It's kind of lower elevation, a lot of mountains around there, but not, you know, it doesn't sit at like 5,000 feet or anything in the area. So it's like wine country in a sense around there. It was, it was nice weather when we were there. It was snowing and 20 degrees and 10 degrees and the Tetons and glacier when we were there, but we get up there even farther North and it's 60, 65. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a cold spell also where, you know, we were at the Tetons and, uh, glacier and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, we went, once we picked him up, we cruised on through Washington. We camped there for a few nights. We were mostly on the eastern side, so it was kind of we kind of stayed off the most, you know, we stayed off the coast where, you know, it was a lot more people and traffic and highways, which is great things around there. I, I've been over there before, but we kind of want to stay on the eastern side where it's I don't know, a little more desolate, high desert area. So it was, it was beautiful around that area camped out for five or six nights in a row as we cruised on through, you know, Oregon and South Tahoe and eventually made our way down to Vegas where one of my close friends lives. So we were posting up there for a little bit. So that's why you've been saving the money the whole time eating sandwiches and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's right. Blow it all in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Blow it all in Vegas for a good night. <laughs> now we stayed off the strip there. We, we've had our times there, but, uh, there's a lot of great things outside of Vegas, you know, Death Valley and Red Rock Canyon and Charleston. There's, there's so much outside of it that people kind of look past. Yeah. They'd so, um, so, did, so was uh, British Columbia or whatnot, was that kind of your, your final destination and you just kind of, you know, figured out where you wanted to hit along the way for that. And then just kind of like kind of winged it, you know, if you knew somebody along the way, you'd, you'd you know, try to hit them up and crash with them or, maybe just plan on camping the whole time or what did, is, is it pretty, pretty easy to go with the flow is kind of how that was structured. It sounds like. Yeah. It's, it also depends on the people, you know, I mean, obviously some people like structure and they want to know the game plan and where they're going and, and uh, day to day, you know, and with Alex and Al, you know, we're all three. We're just, I don't know, I guess we're all a little too chill. Cause it's like, Hey, what do you want to do today? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> well, I, I asked you first, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know. And, and it's like that the whole time. And well, you're driving, Riley, you should pick. I'm like, I, I don't care what we do. You know, let's, so we never, you know, there was hardly any arguments and, and, uh, just a good group of guys. And every trip I've taken, I've, I've been pretty, pretty good with that. You know, the friends that have been able to come along, you know, that usually, you know, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good people out there, but being on the road for that long around each other's space is, is it, it can be nerve wracking a little bit, but yeah. You know, so you definitely uh, learn a lot about people. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But I, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better group of guys that this last trip or any of the trips I've been on. Just been, it's been great. You know, everybody's been cool, and you just gotta. I'm like realize, like, all right, it's gonna be tight and uncomfortable, but 
it's worth it in the end, you know, of all the places you get to see and go. And, and when you're out doing things, you don't even think about it, you know? Yeah. You, just, you stay busy. Cause you're out and about enough. I mean, so obviously, you know, you guys got to see a lot of scenic stuff. Um, did, did you, were you guys able to ride your bikes a lot as well? Like during the trip or just kind of yeah, as it happens? As it happens, we did, uh, we would go through spurts. We were like, when we were in California after Vegas, like all we did was ride, you know? And then we were coming through Washington, Oregon. It was kind of cooler. And, uh, so we played a lot of disc golf. We were, we were all, we we're all kind of in, into the disc golf stuff a little bit. So that was kind of fun. Just all these scenic areas. And I mean, you're still hiking in the woods, just throwing discs. So it was kind of, it was kind of cool doing that too. And then we hit, we'd see a park, we try to hit it and we kind of balance it out, but just depends on where we're at warmer temperatures. We're trying to find somewhere, right. Kind of colder, a little harder to get warmed up. I'm like, well, it's easier just to walk around and throw a disc, I guess sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, what, I know you have to have some like good, good stories of the trip. I mean, you went so many different places and whatnot. I know, you know, you texted me a couple different crazy things that have, that have happened or you stumbled upon, but what, uh, what like sticks out to you, whether that be something that was really awesome or something that was really awesome and also slightly terrifying or anything like that? Oh man, I would say when we were in Glacier, I don't know if anybody's or if you've ever been there, but it's a, it's a pretty amazing place. We were kind of there at a season. So, uh, wasn't a lot of people there, which is great. Really cold. I wouldn't say really cold, you know, it, was, it got down to the twenties at night. So it, I guess that's pretty chilly. And, uh, we were, we were on the Western side of Glacier and we were coming down this road and we see like three cars parked off to the side. And we're like, what's going on here? And then we, we looked to our left and there's a grizzly bear out there at the time. We, we just bear. That's all we thought. We were like, Oh, it's a black bear or something, you know, or brown bear. We didn't think grizzly, you know, cause those are kind of, a, I mean, they're obviously they're out there, but you don't spot them as much. They're kind of uh, like usually stay away. I, I would say, but sometimes obviously they're everywhere. So we, yeah. we kind of, we kind of like, Oh cool. You know, we're cruising. He's probably a hundred feet out in the field from us. And well, all of a sudden this truck comes driving towards us with a camper shell. We thought it was a forest ranger or something. And then he kind of passes real slow and he's looking at the bear down there that he's just kind of picking up berries or picking up the ground or something. Well, these dogs in the back start barking really loud you know they're probably hunting i don't know hunting dogs anyway they're labs or whatever they were and then the bear you just see his head just go straight up and he just charges for that truck Whoa. So he's like coming up this little like over the fence up the road and he's like just in a split of three seconds he's in the road right there with us like you know 60 70 feet away probably a little you know yeah 50 60 feet 100 feet he's just right there and that truck just blasted off and he's just kind of confused looking in the road and i was able to snap snap a few picks and he just kind of ran up where we just like man i don't know what he's doing he's like all he was all bowed up looking like you know he was ready to get get after something but you know i guess he got scared he got scared and ran off but i mean we were in a car so i mean i i was kind of a adrenaline moment You're like man you don't know what these things can do you know i was ready to, to drive off and then snapped a few pictures and then once we were able to see him on my camera on my dslr we were zoomed in i was like yeah that's a that's a grizzly you yeah, know I mean, he had the hump on the back his 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 claws were like over, you know three inches long they were definitely could rip you up 
Yeah. So that was kind of, and then we're camping, you know, five miles down the road from there <laughs> at night. And it was just, it was dead silent the, that night. I've never been so in a place where it was just silent. You couldn't hear. I mean, there was people, other people camping around, but we got there a little late and we're, we're starting to fire, you know, eight o'clock and then everybody else is already in sleep. And it's like, you could just hear a pin drop. We were whispering to each other, even though people weren't right next to us, it was just silent. So that was probably one of the coldest nights we slept outside. I think it got, it got down below 20 a little bit. I had frost in my blanket, I think when I woke up. You frost in your blanket? <laughs> yeah. Inside my tent. Yeah. It was, it was a cold Holy one. cow. That, yeah, um, yeah, I'm actually looking at that picture of the grizzly that you sent me now, and those claws are pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, you zoom into them, you're like, dang. I mean, I took that with my DSLR. I, I couldn't have took that picture with my with my iPhone. I mean, iPhones take good pictures, but not not zooming in or anything. Well, like you said, even though that you're in a car, I mean, I would still be terrified just because, I mean, what? How how tall do you think that he would have been standing up? <sighs> oh, man, uh, he, was, he looked pretty big. I mean, I wouldn't say he's massive, but I mean – big enough not to want to mess with <laughs> and he was probably i don't know getting his last meals in before hibernation i'm sure that's wild and then yeah and then you're staying five miles down the road from that dead silent and freezing cold yep yeah that's where we were camping at but and then we saw another grizzly on the other side but he was he was hundreds of yards away up in the mountain just walking around i just spotted him and then we were just had our binoculars on him and everything but other than that, that was the only few bears we saw. Didn't see any moose this year. I've seen them before, but wildlife was kind of, I want to say disappointing. We saw a lot, saw a lot of eagles up in like around Cologne area. I yeah. saw, I saw six bald eagles in one tree. Re really? Couldn't believe it. Yeah. They're all along this river up there where we were just driving down. And I was just like, I saw one and we saw two. And then it's just like 20 minutes down the road. You're like, Oh, there's another one. There's another one. That's, <laughs> that's wild. It wasn't even hard to spot them at that point. And you're driving yeah. by, and there's a dead tree, and they're just all sitting in there. I was like, wow. But, yeah, wow. we saw a lot of eagles everywhere, in the Tetons, up in Glacier, Kelowna. There. So it's it pretty majestic. <laughs> That's awesome. It, what, what else happened? I, any other good stories of that? Or um, I would I say another a weird story would be when we – so we go up across the border – and they kind of hound you at the border. They just, you know, want to know why you're up there. Is this your car? Do you have, you know, your all those things. And they're just trying to get you to slip up. And we're just, you know, just stick to your story. We're just going up here. We're camping out and everything. Okay. And finally just, all right, we cruise on through. I had a bunch of firewood on my rack, you know, and I, I didn't think anything of it. Just kind of racking my car on the back. Yeah. And it was a small border crossing. One lady was there. I mean, that's how it's only open like six hours a day or something. So we go on through, we're up there for, you know, a week and a half. I didn't use any of my firewood. If we go anywhere and we find firewood, we try not to use what we have. It's, you never know the next spot. You might not find any. Yeah. That may, yeah. That makes sense. So we always try to stock up wherever we're at. And then, uh, so we're coming back across the border and everything's cool. We're, we're about to cruise through and you never know too. Cause Al, Al is a Canadian. So, you know, oh, why well, are you bringing this guy across? We're yeah. going home, you know, things like that. But it, I mean, they were cool. They let us, they're, they're about to let us through and they're like, oh, stop. Like you got firewood on the rack. And I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you can't transport it across the border. I'm like, oh, okay. It's the pine beetle disease, you know, kills the trees and stuff. Okay. So they, they don't want that going across the border. So we're like, okay, what do we do? They're like, hey, we need you to take that firewood 
<laughs> Al and Alex grabbed the firewood and like, yeah, I need to walk 300 feet that way. So they walked 300 feet back into Canada, threw it in the ditch. I'm like, yep, that's good. And then they came back and we got in the car and left. Really? <laughs> yeah, we thought, I don't know, we didn't know what they were going to do. You never know at a border. We just, we just want, you know, we're nervous. We're just trying to get through and get on down the road. And, and uh, he's like, yeah, we just have to make sure that wood stays here. Even though I already brought that wood across the first I was going to say. <laughs> and the people in Canada, I guess they're not worried about any uh, American tree diseases or anything like that no they make them they made the americans throw their wood out in the u.s right there he's like yeah usually there's wood in that ditch right there that you can pick up and take with you but there's none there right now oh okay yeah so it was was, (laughs) but yeah we we had a couple flat tires along the way and ended up patching those on the side of the road and in the car yeah, I had brand new tires and like 500 miles in my trip in New Mexico, we got a flat. So I had to patch it there on the side of the road. I don't like putting the spare on. So I try to, I try to plug it and patch it if I can right there. And got on down the road and got another flat in Washington. But you just never know. Got flats where it could be a pain. But if you, as long as you got a plug kit and everything, I always make sure I have a patch kit just in case you're in a, like when I was in Newfoundland last year, we, we ended up getting a flat and we were, you know, 300 miles from any, any yeah. gas station. <laughs> so yeah. I would say 300 miles. We were two, about two, yeah, 200, 250 miles away. I mean, that's in between, there's no towns. It's just 300 miles of driving. And then you get to the next town. There's one gas station with everything in it. <laughs> like a huge Walmart gas station. It, oh yeah. It's like a 40 by 60 building and that's everything for the town. You know? <laughs> crazy yeah i guess it'd be pretty pretty handy to know how to plug um and and fix your own flat uh especially like you said when you're kind of out there and that's secluded uh, yeah you're out there you gotta learn quick there ain't no way you're yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's something i feel like i mean even if you have a spare it'd still be good to have that that's something i would wouldn't think of having a, a kit just just because but how, how many miles do you think you put on your car during the trip uh, this past trip, I think since I left Oklahoma, cause I did a little mini road trip before I went to camp to Austin, to Florida to camp, but, uh, total, I would say over 15,000, man, roughly 15,000. I mean, we were in, you know, we we're in Canada twice on both, almost on separate ends of Canada. And we came all the way down to Oklahoma and then all the way back up and then all the way back down to Southern California and then all the way back to Oklahoma eventually. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fifteen thousand mile trek or That's so. And then the year before was about the same. Maybe a little more. I think I almost did twenty the year before. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of a lot of lot of ground to cover. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's it's uh a little different than most people do it. You know, they usually fly there or they take the, you know, a week or two off, but we're we're doing, you know, nearly three months. So it's like it's so more relaxing because you just, you have so much more time to try to enjoy those places. Even if it's an extra day, it makes the difference. You know, I'm sure there's been many places where it's just, you're there for six hours or a day and you're like, I could spend easily another week here, you know, yeah. or a day or, and then kind of, we just kind of figured out, you know, each day you're like, Oh, okay, this was cool, but I'm ready to move on. You know, maybe we, we planned on spending a couple more days there, but we didn't want to. So we, you know, cruise on down the road, go to the next spot and maybe we'd spend more days there. It was more, you know, fine tuned to what we wanted to, wanted to do for more, more of the day. So 
Yeah, it definitely makes it a lot easier having uh, not as a set in stone kind of itinerary. Um, yeah, we'd have certain deadlines, but we just had to make sure we got there for that time or what. You know, when I went and picked up Al, I had it, we we kind of planned on being up there by this time. So we, me and Alex had 15 days from like my house to get to Kelowna. Yeah. So that's like, you know, or I think we had almost three weeks to get up there, which is no big deal. Three weeks, you know five, six hours a day and we'd spend, you know, we spend a whole week in Colorado and we cruise, creep up to Wyoming a little bit, just keep kind of creeping our way up there. So we try so, to try to break the drives up. I, I've done some, we did a couple long drives, but I try not to break them up, try to break them up to eight, no more than eight hours a day. Yeah. That's not just, bad. Cause then you don't have yeah. to rush around and yeah. And then you're, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of a bummer to try to find somewhere, you know, when you're camping somewhere, you're pulling in at dark, you're like, I don't even know what this place looks like. You know, it's kind of nice to get there an hour or two before gather wood, start a fire. Yeah. Kind of see, see the area, what you're looking at, you know, like, all right. So what, what kind of tips would you have for somebody that are, that are kind of planning um, a trip like that? Or, you know, whether it's like super extended, like you kind of said, you know, you know, three months at a time or, or whatnot, like, what yeah what are any tips you have as far as like going with the flow like you know any tips like you you mentioned to save money just you know being smart and just packing your own food or buying stocking up on your own food and that kind of thing oh yeah that's that's huge is is taking your own food and you know and it's like you don't even have like i said i'm I'm not an organic you know you know vegan or whatever trying to buy the most healthiest stuff you know we just get the basics it's pretty cheap We, we live on great value which is like the Walmart brand, you know, granola bars and, you know, you can just chips or whatever. So, uh, uh, man, biggest tips would be just when you're saving, like when I was younger, I mean, I'd, I'd go all the way down to like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't eat, but uh, you know, I would make my own lunch even at, at home. I make my lunch for work and I try not to eat that much. It's just every dollar saved, you know, can get you that much farther down the road just how it just depends how bad you want to travel and how long you want to go some people aren't comfortable with staying in a car for three months you know they like to do their week and or two weeks and you know which is a great that's a long time as well anywhere you know it's it's a good chunk that what most people can get you know i mean you're only getting a week or two weeks off a year and then if you travel remotely but i people have kind of mentioned that to me to try to maybe get a job with that you know but i'm able to work and travel but i just to find Wi-Fi, I just I don't want to bother. You know, where six yeah. days we didn't have Wi-Fi, and it was just like this is the coolest thing ever. You know, we're just just completely just disconnected. Just completely disconnected. Yeah, but I would just you know, and even when the saving, like I don't I don't have a TV in my room. I don't have any video games. I I really I'm a minimalist for sure. So it's like every bit I can put back just goes that much farther. I mean, even even down to like, man, do I want to splurge on a soda today? No, no, I don't need that. You know, I can. I could save that dollar twenty five or whatever. Yeah. It it's it all adds up amazingly, you know. It's it's and it's hard, you know, because there's so many things you want to buy here and there and and just all that stuff just starts adding up. And <laughs> and gets you I wouldn't say gets you trapped, but you know, car payments, things like that. It's just Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know That's, how it is, you know, the adulting. Definitely say definitely and like you said you know just being able to to save up you know it might suck or whatnot at the time but you know once you're actually out there on the trip or whatever it makes it that much more worth it as far as 
uh, oh yeah, this is why I didn't do this or, you know, buy that new yeah. Call of Duty or whatever. Right, that new, right. You know? I, mean, I, I do splurge time to time, don't get me wrong, but uh, try to try to keep that a minimal and and how I, you know, and also when you, when you live minimal, you're, when you're on the road, it, it kind of translates, yeah. you know, so it's like, oh, it's even easier to travel because you don't have as much stuff. You're able to live with a little bit less and not have to have all these things that you need to feel comfortable, which is good for some people, you know, but I guess getting, on, getting, feeling a little uncomfortable can, can help you, <laughs> you know, yeah, things, definitely. you know, there's just those little comfort things that, you know, you get too many of them and you just can't save and. But, and then, like I said, the camping and floors, I think the whole trip, we, we ended up getting one Airbnb and Glacier because the first night we got there late and it was like 15 degrees, I think outside or mm -hmm. something. It was, it was going to be warmer the next night. So that's why we decided to camp, you know, we got a cheap Airbnb and then, and then in, in Tetons, it was like 10 degrees and we ended up getting a cabin at a KOA, which wasn't terrible. I think it was 50 bucks. It was, you know. For being right there by the Tetons, like, we couldn't complain too much. We didn't. I was like, it, it was better to have that hot room or warm room than it was to freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had our camping gear, but we, I wouldn't say I was quite prepared for that low of temperatures because they had to keep things to a minimal when you have three people in the car. So, you know, can't have all the tons of blankets and sleeping bags, you know. So, and uh, I should probably invest in a new sleeping bag that's a little warmer. <laughs> When so like, sometimes you got sometimes you need to splurge you know you, you don't gotta when you're camping and you don't have a sleeping bag that's warm enough uh, yeah yeah but that, that might be a little essential <laughs> yeah things like that you know but that's what that's what the tips i have i don't know for people that try to you know save is just every little bit can count somewhere you know and and looking for deals and and like some of the places that we went to camp you know we they were they were cheap we tried to stay in the national forest and uh state parks because sometimes camping there like even if you did a a night of camping it's 10 bucks you know or oh, yeah. but then when you go to like luckily glacier was out of season so the camps that we stayed at was really cheap you know it was like 10 bucks or i mean i think it was free i don't even think we paid <laughs> but uh there was uh the, you know they're real cheap but then you know when it's in season you know paying 30 40 dollars a night sometimes just to camp at some of these places koas are a little bit a little bit higher and but you also get the showers with those and things you know some of the smaller state parks and national parks there is no showers so yeah being being able to go you know we went on a stretch five i think five or six days we didn't get a shower <laughs> and so yeah but, I that was, that's pretty nice hitting that uh <laughs> oh yeah we couldn't wait for that shower that was that that was that stretch from all the way from Kelowna to, to vegas and when we got to vegas we were like oh it's nice to get a shower but i mean it was it was cold you know it was cool so it was like not like we were sweaty yeah like, yeah you know, smell it would you know we had we were layered up the whole time so odor wise we, we stay pretty, stay pretty <laughs> we stay we keep it pretty clean you know we don't get we're trying to get too grungy so <laughs> oh that's awesome hey but that's part of it so that's that, that's that's part of it that's part of roughing it and making it happen and and uh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't change it so <laughs> that's awesome what uh you got any, any trips planned for 2019 so far are you going back out to camp and, and go on again um is there another trip afterwards or yeah i uh I've, i definitely plan on probably doing another trip afterwards i like i said it just becomes a habit you know i've done it the last seven years i've done a trip after camp for you know the first year was a month and a half and it's two months and now it's like 
as soon as camp's over, I don't come home till Thanksgiving. It's pretty much my deadline. I, I like to come home for Thanksgiving and see all my family. So I miss out on all that for six months nearly. So holidays, I, I stick around town and and uh, enjoy that. But uh, trips-wise, I don't have a whole lot planned yet in the next month or two. I'll probably wait till camp to really make a huge trip anywhere, you know, besides maybe the local trips or, you know, coming up to see you and hang out things like that. So, uh, but I think I definitely will be at, back at Woodward this summer, but I might make a transition and possibly do Woodward West. There so yeah, I haven't worked out there yet. And uh, a few friends I know work out there now. So I think, I think I can make that happen and I don't know, do something a little different. It's a smaller camp. So be kind of chill, more chill for the summer. Yeah. That'd be so, sweet. I West think they're max. Their max is 350 a week, and uh, I want to say East is 900 nearly. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little so, bit of a different, a little more laid back. Yeah, a little more laid back. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, where can people find you online to see um, you know, Instagram or whatnot, kind of see what you're up to when you post and you know, see what kind of trips and adventures you might be up to? Uh, yeah, I, I do have Instagram when I use it, <laughs> I try to use, I think you, I think you post more of my photos than I post photos of my own <laughs> stuff on hey, the, on the stuff, Luma. Hey, no, I love it. I, I, I like seeing it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, that's why I send it. I'm, it's a uh, cool to see it out there to see what people think and I don't know all the places they can go. But, uh, uh, Instagram is Riles dialed and that's R I L E S D I A L E D 87. And then Riley Sanders on Facebook, which is R I L Y S A N D E R S. But yeah, I try to I try to post on there time to time and keep followers interested. I guess I don't know <laughs> friends. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say followers. I'd say more or less just friends. But I say you know. yeah, your friends on there seeing what you're up to. So yeah, yeah, everybody, and you know, and like I said, so many people you meet along the way, man. You know, just hey, you meet you meet them for one session or you know, the one time you're at camp or wherever. So. Yeah. You then, don't know where it goes from there. So absolutely. And there's been times I've met friends that session that night. And then the next day, like, Hey, you got any places? To stay? Yeah, dude, come cash on my couch. Just like that. You know, and it's like, it's usually because they know somebody that knows me, you know I mean? It's just a small community like that. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, guys, make sure you go ahead and check him out on uh, on Instagram, whatnot. See what he's up to, and then, you know, of course, you know, we'll keep sharing his stuff uh, on on uh, the Lumen Instagram as well. But uh, Riley, I appreciate you chatting with us and kind of telling your story as far as you know, growing up riding BMX and and everything like that. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed as well. But yeah, thanks again for for uh, chatting with us. Oh, I man, appreciate you having me on here. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to most of all the other podcasts with all the other people, and such a such a diverse way to travel and do things with, you know, everybody. Yeah, for sure. Just trying glad, to get out there at a time. <laughs> glad, glad I could share how I do it, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. So, yeah, I, thanks again, man. Hey, guys, I really appreciate you listening and would absolutely love if you left a rating on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, or wherever you're listening to this. Your feedback is our inspiration to continue these stories and grow.